Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Jeff Turner, who is founder and CEO of Chop Tank, and Prasad Galopoli, who is founder and CEO at Trucker Tools. And today we're going to talk about why freight brokers must stay the course on digital transformation. Now, we all know the saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And that's certainly you know, true this year. And for you know what companies across all industries are facing due to the pandemic, uh, and that includes you know companies in the in the freight brokerage industry. Um, so, what are the leaders doing? Are they hitting the pause button on digital transformation uh, initiatives, or are they you know using this opportunity to accelerate their efforts in this area? And you know what are they focusing on first, and how do they prioritize what to work on? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to address in today's episode, and uh, it's great to welcome Jeff back to the program, as well as uh, Prasad, to kind of share their insights and perspective on this topic. So, Jeff, Prasad, welcome to the program. Thanks, thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure to be here. Thanks. So, so Jeff, I think, I, I think it's been over a year since you were last on the program, and, and I, I kind of joked that you know, it might as well be, you know, a lifetime ago based on how much things have changed, obviously because of the pandemic, but just, you know, in general, you know, as a result of that, um, you know, so, so I think it's great to kind of touch base again on, on, on the market and, and get your thoughts and perspectives on it. Um, you've also been recognized as an entrepreneur of the year by uh, Ernst & Young, so ENY, so congratulations on that front as well. Yeah, thank you very much. So, you know, Jeff, I think, you know, uh, you know, some folks may be familiar with Chop Tank, but maybe before we dive into, you know, this topic, just briefly kind of refresh our memory in terms of the company and your, your operations and your role there. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Adrian and Prasad for having me on again. It, it, as you mentioned, it's, it's been a year, but uh, I feel like I probably was, you know, age 10 in the last year. So it's just been been such a crazy uh year here so far and uh but but on the flip side i think it it does sort of uh give a good sample of how resilient the u.s economy is and how the how the supply chain you know how efficient it really does run uh all things considered with with everything that's been going on so uh just just a little recap on chop tank uh you know primarily we are a uh, perishable uh, brokerage company. So we do a lot of food, a lot of produce, uh, items like that. Uh, we've grown consistently in our 20 year this year. Actually, we had big plans for 2020 because it was actually our 20th anniversary. And uh, that sort of got thrown out the window with what's been going on. But uh, we've been around for 20 years, uh, you know, really put a big focus on service and, and sort of adapting to our customers and what they need. And uh, so we, we've never been a company that hasn't been uh, afraid to sort of, you know, uh, challenge the status quo and move things forward. And uh, I think that's the good thing about in my role as the CEO and founder and, you know, still a privately held company. We can we can, you know, pivot, move, uh, make decisions a lot quicker than some other organizations that have to go through uh, a lot of red tape. Um we're moving about 4,000 shipments a week uh, right now. Uh, so again, we're not one of the largest guys, but we're, we're up there pretty high uh, in the scheme of things. And uh, I appreciate you having me on today. Not that, absolutely. I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, adaptability, you mentioned flexibility, and certainly those are the things that, uh, those are the attributes that are defining the, the leaders, you know, today when you come across kind of uh, 
a shock to the system, if you will, as, as the pandemic. And I think, you know, just to kind of keep with you for a second here, um, you know, I think when you have a disruption like, like COVID, like this pandemic, I think the natural tendency for a lot of companies, and you see that, you know, day in and day out right now, is for companies to kind of tighten the belt, cut costs, put on hold all kind of innovation efforts, right, to try to just weather the storm, if you will. You know, do you think that's a mistake, especially for, for freight brokers? Oh, my goodness. Right now, I mean, I would absolutely say that's a mistake. I mean, we, if anything, we've accelerated that right now. Uh, just we're, we're focused on a lot of projects that really, you know, number one, provide a lot of value to our customers uh, and, 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 and our carriers as well. And anything we can be doing to streamline the operation right now uh, are, are just critical to our growth, uh, critical to the development of our people, uh, and critical for our customers who are just depending on, you know, solid solutions uh, to handle a, a supply chain that's been erratic and disrupted. And, uh, you know, again, we, we all often talk about our customers being, you know, they're, they're facing this, a lot of the same issues we are. Number one, they've got people telling them to tighten their budgets. They're working from home. They're doing, you know, they're facing a lot of these challenges too. So the more that we can continue to innovate and make their job easier uh, has been a leg up for us. And, and we have just consistently been uh, uh, accelerating that, that spend throughout this pandemic. And, and uh, you know, when it comes down to just simple things like how our people work remote, I mean, that was, you know, we went from, you know, everybody in house to a week and a half later, everybody out. And, you know, nobody realizes quite the undertaking that that uh, is for 400 plus people. Um, but we were able to pull that off. And it sort of has uh, re-energized sort of that uh, ethic of, you know, working hard and, and, and how we can sort of uh, supply, you know, great solutions to our customers in, in a lot of different situations. And, uh, we've been really proud of our team for accomplishing that. You know, you, you, you made a great point there. I mean, I think a lot of companies obviously work, you know, shifted to a work from home, you know, environment. And I think what made that possible uh, for those that were continue to succeed in this environment were those companies that were uh, investing in innovation along the way that had invested in their technology to be able to work from home to begin with. Right. And I think it, it kind of validates the point that, you know, you've got to kind of keep thinking about not only the, the near term and the short term, but keep thinking about the future as well. And I think from my perspective is, you know, companies that, you know, yes, you have to manage costs. Yes, yes, you have to, you know, um, you know, figure out a way to weather the storm. But at the same time, you can't sacrifice the, the long term, um, comp you know, being competitive for the long term and trying to even think about coming out of this stronger than you were going into it. Um, you know, at the expense of just trying to, you know, get by, you know, in, in yeah. the short term here. Yeah, I mean, you're spot on. To me, uh, innovation is managing cost, right? I mean, when you look at it like that, you're like, okay, what can we do to sort of lighten the load on our folks and continue to grow the business? And you're not going to get that without innovating new products that just sort of make us more efficient. So to me, that's where you get your savings from. Right. Absolutely. So Prasad, I mean, is Chop Tank kind of the exception or, uh, I, I, you know, has the pandemic from your perspective with the companies you work with kind of the, the it, you know, both customers as well as, you know, prospective customers that you work with, or, you know, has the pandemic actually accelerated digital transformation efforts in the freight brokerage industry? 
Um, definitely, Chop Tank has been um, on the forefront. I mean, this is not something that Jeff has started this year. Um, you know, our engagement with Chop Tank has been a few years. And from the beginning, they have adopted to technology. But I think what COVID has done to most of the, the large brokers, or the, I'm going to put these brokers as proactive. They are the true leaders. They're thinking ahead. These leaders, these organizations, what they have done is they have doubled down on their technology investments and they have gone all out because I think, so one of the key things in a brokerage is scalability and scalability can only be achieved with technology because otherwise, I mean, there is a human limitation to how much we can handle. Um, and those who saw this as an opportunity COVID has, has done few things when, when it comes to the freight. We have seen a steep drop in freight in March, but then it quickly picked up back up. And so um, large organizations like, you know, Chop Tank, they have planned ahead for, for this. And if anything, they have gone double, you know, double down on technology. They looked at ways to improve it quickly because, you know, it was, I think the true definition of a leader is being able to understand what lies beyond a shock, uh, like when COVID came into the market. And the, these, people, these organizations have seen that. Now, um, what has also happened is, it's not just the, the organizations looking from top down, but the people within an organization that typically are resistant to technology or that have seen technology as it's going to replace me one day. They actually saw value. Because I mean, when somebody is working from home and that same person has to make check calls, 10 check calls a day on one load, let's say, that person will start understanding this is a trivial task. My time is better spent somewhere else. And that realization I mean, today we are making Zoom calls or online web, you know, WebEx calls, right? Um, before, if we said that, people would say, oh, let's talk, or, you know, meet in person or do other things, right? Um, just that change has, has been amazing. Um, now you take this, people are focused on what is truly valuable in moving freight and cutting out the noise. That is what the pandemic has done. When we start cutting out the noise, um, such as trivial tasks, people are getting more efficient using technology. You know, that's a great point. You know, uh, you know thinking about the frontline workers and all this, and whether it's the carriers or the, the folks in the front lines there in, in, in uh, Jeff's organization, you know, I think when the move from working from home, obviously folks about, uh, particularly back in March and April, standpoint where kids were still at school and their kids perhaps went to remote learning as well and so forth. So they're trying to balance, you know, not only their work responsibilities, but, you know, their family responsibilities and every, just trying to figure everything out that's going on. And I think to your point, uh, Prasad, you know, it kind of focuses on things. People are trying to be as efficient as possible now because they're in the middle of juggling multiple balls at once from their home environment. And they kind of reckon, you recognize the value that technology can play to make life easier for you, your work easier for you, and to be able to balance all those things, you know, more effectively, where perhaps at work, you might take it a little bit more for, for granted, right, if you will, because you don't have those other responsibilities, at least at the time, you know, you've got your work hours, and you've got your family hours. But 
I think, you know, what, what COVID did is really blend all those things together at the same time. And I think technology from a frontline workers perspective, I think they got a deeper uh, appreciation for that. Uh, Jeff, going back, going back to you, I mean, as Prasad mentioned, I mean, this is not something that you just started, you know, back in, in March or April, you've been on this digital transformation journey, you know, for, for some time now. So, so can you tell us a little bit about, you know, this journey? I mean, why did you end up f- focusing on first and why? And, and how do you prioritize what to work on next? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. I was, I was actually uh, joking with somebody the other day about this one. Uh, and that's a great thing about being sort of a founder and an owner. You sort of, you know, you've lived that transformation. And, you know, when we, when we got started in the business, you know, it was a matter of big ledger sheets and we wrote on the loads and, you know, that was when, when we need to build a load, the accountant came in and looked at the ledger. And, and I was like, you know, there's gotta be a better way. Right. So, so me being the just crazy person I am, I, I had with another guy, we wrote a database in Microsoft access. And if anybody remembers access, how you could build a database, it was, I mean, we had something pretty cool there uh, until we got about six users in there and it just would crash like over and over and over again. Uh, so, we, you know, we thought we were on to something, but uh, we weren't probably quite smart enough to put it in the right language. But uh, then we sort of evolved to a program that was uh, more of a Unix-based system. And, uh, I, you know, when you look at the old blue screen, you know, it's like, you know, I, I think the blue screen system seemed to get a negative connotation over the years because, you know, they were a blue screen or whatever. But I remember we could slam orders in that thing. So, fa- I mean, it was just so responsive and, you know, you'd wear a tab key out on your keyboard, you know, just bang, bang, tab and through everything. And, you know, it, so we learned from that. And then, you know, our trans- transformation took us more to a SQL database uh, situation. And, and uh, so that, you know, that sort of got us on the right path. But, you know, like anybody, when you start buying things sort of off the shelf and things like that, you know, you run into problems where, you know, you, I mean, anybody who thinks every customer or every carrier is the same is, is crazy. I mean, they, they all have different needs in their supply chain and, and sort of expecting customers to sort of uh, navigate to your methodology just because your software can't handle it is, to me, a, a, a bad decision. So, you know, as we've evolved, you know, how we started to use, you know, customizable APIs to develop you know, solutions that are individually critiqued to the customer and, and for what they need. And, 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 and that includes, you know, you know, ways that they can enter orders, they can rate orders, ways that they can run, you know, analytics on their spend. And so the more that we can, you know, we've got customers that want to look at their spend over their, you know, pounds or pallets or, they want to look at their spend over miles or what, you know, everybody wants to look at things a little different. So the more that we can sort of cater to that just puts us a leg up. So that, you know, that's sort of been our, uh, you know, how, how we've developed. So now, you know, you know, you bolt on all these customized, you know, portals that we've built for our customers through, through the APIs we have. And, you know, we've got a real robust solution. And so, you know, our, it's, it sort of went that way. And then when you start bolting on like, you know, what, what Prasad and Trucker Tools has done for us from a, from a visibility standpoint and throwing that data in there. Uh, and as, as that product continues to evolve to help our carriers be able to procure better loads. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, that, that old thing of just what we almost started the conversation with about COVID, about adapting, you know, that, that can't change uh, ever uh, in our space because their customers are always wanting 
uh, newer and better things to make their day easier. And the more that we can continue to innovate, uh, the better off the industry is going to be as a whole. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it, you know, as time evolves here, some of these uh, smaller shippers who tend to uh, not get on board with some things, I think, you know, just through the natural, you know, people retiring and things that the younger generation is going to come and say, why are we still faxing orders? Because believe me, we still get orders via fax, if you can believe it. So, uh, you know, so that, that stuff's going to take time. But I think the more that you can adapt to what your customers are looking for, hands down key to, to growth. And that's sort of the direction we went. Yeah, a lot, lot great uh, uh, journey there. I mean, it sounded like it, you know you, you, you hit upon a couple of things that struck me. Number one was, and I think we, we talked about this before. I think Prasad brought up uh, scalability, right? So you, so you kind of were in this environment where you custom built access database. You know, you got the six people crash, right? And you know, there's All no right. way you can there's no way you can build a business to your size and your sophistication. You know, when you can't handle six people in the yeah. office, you know, yeah. accessing it, right? So yeah. you had to kind of evolve your IT infrastructure yeah. in a way that you can, you know, modernize it so you can scale your operations. Yeah. And the second thing I heard was, you know, in terms of what drives the innovation at your company or, or what the, one, of, one of the primary focuses is your customers, right? So mm -hmm. what they're, what's going to make life easier for your customers? What are their requirements are? Making sure that, you know, you, you don't try to put them into a one-size-fits-all solution, Yep. But leveraging APIs and so forth um, and some of these more modern technologies to be able to cater to the needs and requirements of, of all your different customers out there. And obviously visibility is one of those things uh, that is always top of mind for a lot of, you know, shippers and, you know, weaving that into, you know, uh, your innovation roadmap has been, you know, a, a part of that. Absolutely. So Prasad, um, kind of shifting gears a little bit, but kind of continuing on with, you know, on the same thread. And you mentioned this already. I mean, right now, it seems like capacity is, is tightening, right, relative to earlier in the year when, um, you know, a lot of businesses shut down and, and, and so forth. And there's, but that said, there still remains a lot of volatility and, and uncertainty in the industry. Um, so providing a, a, a superior, you know, so we talked about the customer experience from, um, you know, uh, in terms of providing what their needs are. But, and I think you mentioned this as well, uh, Jeff, it's also thinking about the carrier uh, side of things as well, because they're, they're an important constituent here as well, particularly for, for freight uh, brokerage. And I know in the past, we've, I, we've had conversations, we've had an episode where we talked about carrier experience. So providing a carrier experience really is now, it, it, it was always important, but it's even more important you know, today, you can make that argument. Uh, and it's, it's critical to securing capacity. I mean, what does, number one, what does providing superior carrier experience mean and, and what enables it? Um, you know, everything you said is right. Um, we have seen a consistent capacity crunch in the last few months, right? And if you look back, what has caused this? So, and then uh, the first fact is about 80% of the freight that um, brokers typically move, they're all small carriers, owner operators, um, it says carriers because that's that's typically what a, a large broker like Chop Tank does, right? They aggregate this vast majority of carriers for shippers. Now, um, during COVID, two or three things have happened. One is the freight lanes themselves have changed, and so the typical availability has changed in March and April. Then followed by 
um, due to COVID restrictions, typically like, I mean, I, I mean, if you and I get in like in a car and we're taking a road trip, it's not as if we could have done it a year ago. Now we have to plan where you're going to stop to eat and all that. Now think about that with uh, drivers. So drivers are driving, or, or the other way to say it is, we're getting less number of miles per truck per week as opposed to before. And someone mentioned that it might be about uh, a load or in a month we're probably losing two to four loads per truck because of COVID restrictions. And that is, it's almost like taking some trucks away from the supply chain. Now, when you add these two things, um, there is definitely a capacity crunch because of that. Um, and on top of it, the freight volume has gone up. I mean, there is no question about it. I, you know, Jeff and I, we've spoken, he said, well, so we're only seeing 85% of the freight. At this point, we still have room to grow. I mean, this is real, right? I mean, there's so much volume out there. Now, we all talk about carrier experience. I think in my viewpoint, a carrier experience is how we make the carrier's life easy using technology, literally. I mean, it's not how the app looks or technology looks. And one way I could, I could relate to that is if we are asking the carrier to use A system for one thing and another system, B system for another thing, C system for another thing, we've already told the carrier to jump around. Um, a, a good example is if you're asking the carrier to use a technology for visibility, another technology to find your freight, at another technology to submit invoices, at another technology to check on those invoices. And the carrier has to use another technology to fuel, right, or park. Before we know it, the carrier is using 10 to 15 systems or apps. And that jumping around and trying to manage their work is very hard. The second problem is um, carriers don't have an easier way to find out what markets they have to run into or what market they should go into for better reload because of the lanes shifting on us, the freight volume shifting on us slightly. And in a time like this, it is paramount. You know, we talk about taking one or two loads away from a carrier per truck. That is really affecting their bottom line. So if we can help them move one or two loads extra per month per truck, we're actually helping the carrier to grow. So if, if you think about this, that is truly a user experience. And what digitization has done is, has unified the, the whole platform. So I can speak from Trucketo's side. So we, we have taken, first of all, we put an app that today, you know, we've got over a million downloads um, and over 140,000 unique carriers. So we put a unified system for all of them. We unified their experience, whether it's on the road with cheapest fuel, parking, and other things, or visibility, digital freight matching, and completing the feedback loop, right? Submit your invoices and all of that. By narrowing down all the jumps that they have to do, we're helping the carriers. And above everything, this year during pandemic, what Truckatools has done is, added market intelligence. So let's say Chop Tank has two loads going from, you know, one into Atlanta, the other one is going into Chicago. We actually help the carrier understand which market has better reload ability. Um, and so we're pushing the carrier to go into the, that market so that the carrier can pick up another load from Chop Tank quickly.
Now, while we are doing all of this, we're trying to keep these carriers to also not jump around from broker to broker, because that's another, it's like, you know, losing momentum when, when a carrier goes from one, one broker to the other broker. So all of this constitutes as a user experience for carrier or for carrier betterment. Um, as, as Jeff said earlier, it's on us as a software vendor, we actually look at the carrier success along with the broker success. And that is probably the most important thing that digital technology providers have to do in this. In this. Yeah, not th- those are all, you know, g- great points. And I, I hadn't heard about, um, you know, COVID restrictions, if you will, really um, translating into, you know, fewer loads for, for, for carriers as a result of, I know that, you know, even just trying to think about where to go on vacation, you know, the, earlier this summer, you know, there were certain states that, you know, if you wanted to travel there, you had to quarantine for 14 days before you can go or take a COVID test before they let you in and so forth. And, and that's just for, you know, going from one state to another, you know, and I'm, so, so now, as you mentioned it, I can see how, you, you know, those types of restrictions. And I know that there were also, you know, situations where drivers weren't allowed into facilities um, or they weren't allowed to use the bathrooms at shipper facilities and so forth. So there was a lot of, you know, shippers always, uh, carriers have a hard time and drivers have a hard time to begin with. And this added just yet another layer of, of complexity to their, uh, to their workday. Um, so, yeah, so I think, I think that's interesting. And then, you know, making things like digital freight matching even more critical in this environment, because, you know, what you saw was, you know, groceries, and, and supermarkets, you know, their demand increased significantly, but then you had automotive plants, you know, shut down. So it created really a lot of, uh, um, you know, it broke a lot of these freight lanes, if you will. And so it became really critically important for, for carriers to better understand, you know, where are those markets that I should be going into that I'm going to have some freight coming out because a lot of those historical lanes kind of got broken because of the amount of, uh, you know, shutdowns that, are, that occurred earlier on in, in, in the year. So, so some great, uh, great points there, uh, uh, Prasad. Um, so, so Jeff, going back, back to you, I mean, what's next on your, you know, digital transformation journey and, and how can, you know, technology partners like, like Trucker Tools help you get there? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great, great question. And just to piggyback just a little bit on what Prasad said, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that we always noticed when we talked to carriers was, is that it, they always had a frustration. It wasn't necessary because everybody assumes from a, from a visibility product that, carriers just don't want to be tracked and we've never really gotten that impression from carriers more so it's about i just want to be able to use one technology sort of steady and and our carriers got really frustrated with you know because of a customer relationship saying hey on this load you need to do this methodology to track on this load you need to do this methodology and the next load you got to do something else and the carriers just get overwhelmingly frustrated with that part of it of, oh, geez, I got to download something else. I got to download something else. And so, you know, that was sort of what we heard when we talked to carriers was more so, hey, teach me how to use one platform and I'll use it and and we'll use it consistently. And we've we've had really good luck with that. So just wanted to add that in because I think that's important when we look at, you know, how we interact with carriers and and some of the things that we hear when we talk to them. from our roadmap, uh, again, as, as I alluded to earlier, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, we've got, you know, a, a programming team here. We've got another program team that's located uh, elsewhere uh, that we've been working on a lot of projects. 
the one thing that we've really put a lot of focus on uh, in the last six months is, you know, dynamic pricing. Uh, so we've got, you know, some APIs that from our, some of our larger shippers, uh, they just ping us for a rate. It returns a market rate. They tender us the load. So, you know, that's one of the big things that, that uh, we see a lot of shippers, you know, especially when we get into these markets where the, you know, everybody looks at the sonar data to say the tender reject is at a record high. Uh, a lot of these uh, shippers don't either A, have the resources or B, want to spend money on somebody sort of just to man a desk to manage the exceptions. Just like us as brokers, we don't want to deal with exceptions overly, you know, that that's a hard part of our business that we try to, to, to get rid of. So, you know, the more that we can have these dynamic pricing where Hey, send us a lane. We'll send you a rate back if you like it. Just tender the load over. We'll accept it API. Boom, it's done. You don't even have to talk to a human being. So we've had great luck with that. We've got one particular customer that's just sending loads over middle of the night, weekends, whatever, because they can get the rate. Boom, it comes over, handles in our system. Boom, done. So that's one of the key things that we've seen a, a lot of uh, growth on. Two, uh, you know, getting more customization with the customers, especially our small to mid-sized customers on uh, sort of a usable TMS that they can come into uh, and sort of get get all the tools that we have uh, and, and be able to utilize them, especially like trucker tools, the visibility's there, uh, they can see their loads, they can do, because a lot of them, especially in these covert, number one, they're looking for a solution, and two, you know, it's really hard with everybody's budget sort of being strained with COVID. It's going to be hard to go to your CFO and say, Hey, can I spend 200 grand on a TMS? Um, you know, they're going to want to see the ROI on that. So the more that we can provide tools for our customers to be able to do that, uh, we're seeing a lot of growth in that and being able to customize it and honestly customize it sort of on our budget. Uh, and, and, and that's what we're finding a lot of traction. So, you know, we've got a lot of stuff. We've got a pretty robust uh, uh, IT roadmap that we're after. Uh, and we also, on that roadmap, we've got a lot of uh, what we call is like checkpoints. So we get to a point and we're like, okay, do we want to continue where we're going on the roadmap or do we just need to take a little turn and get something else done, get back on the roadmap? And so, so again, we're flexible with that roadmap, but we also have uh, a lot of plans that are moving forward and, and we'll stick to that roadmap, but we also uh, aren't afraid to deviate off of it if, if the customers or our carriers sort of indicate the need to do that. And one other thing that we've been uh, doing a lot with is uh, more autom automation from what we like to call bots in-house. So we have uh, some automation where we're going in and it, it automatically goes in and clicks and schedules appointments. And again, some of those just tasks that, uh, to Prasad's point earlier, that, you know, we've got some highly trained and uh, very, very smart logistics people here. And for them to be, you know, on hold for 30 minutes trying to get an appointment with a Target or a Costco, that's just not a good use of time when we can have just some automation doing that uh, behind the scenes. And, and uh, it's funny, I asked when we started down the process of some of this automation on appointment setting, uh, I asked one of our teams that does a lot of food service work, how many different portals they go into in any one week to make appointments. And this one team alone used 30 different portals to schedule. Uh, and so, I mean, this group might be doing three or 400 loads a week. So again, when you look at that, you're like, holy cow, how much time are we wasting on that stuff? And 
And uh, so again, that that's just the kind of stuff that we're we're doing. It's going to make us better as an organization. It's going to make our shippers more efficient. Uh, and uh, I don't know. This stuff just gets me pumped up. I, I no, love, I, I love no that, that's great. I think, you know, to the last point, I think it, it kind of, uh, it's analogous to what you were talking about and Prashad was talking about in terms of, you know, what carriers don't want is they don't want to download, you know, use 10 different systems, 15 different systems to get their yeah. job done. And, you know, here's an example of internally with, with you, right? In terms of scheduling an appointment, having to access 30, 40 different systems to schedule yeah. your, an appointment. If you can leverage technology to automate that, you know, that process, you know, the, the, the amount of time and labor and efficiency gains are, you know, are, are incredible. And as you were talking through all the different initiatives, um, you know, it, it underscores for me yet again, you know, how the freight brokerage industry and just, you know, transportation logistics industry in general has, you know, truly become, um, you know, synonymous with technology. Yeah. I mean, I think the two are such, you know, intertwined, whether there are things that you're doing internally with your own resources and, and internal experts, as well as obviously with technology partners like, um, you know, in this case, you know, Trucker Tools, what you're doing with them, mm -hmm. you know, and, and finding the right approach, you know, to, you know, the right balance between what you do internally and what you leverage on partners, uh, you know, to, to bring to the bring to the table. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so as a way to wrap up, uh, Jeff, I'll, I'll end with you and then Prasad, you can um, uh, add your thoughts on this question as well. Um, you know, is the formula for success? For freight uh, broke for the freight brokerage industry, you know, changing and, and what will ultimately separate the leaders from the laggards moving forward? It, it depends on it depends on who you ask. I, that's a great question because you know we get that conversation all the time. You know, we 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 you know you talk to a customer and you know you find out who the competition is and you're like, uh, do you know you're dealing with somebody who has like four people in their office and how do they handle exceptions? How do they handle their nights? How do they, you know, so it's just, it's always interesting to me uh, that, that this industry continues to be so fragmented from, from the carrier side as Prasad mentioned, or, and even from the brokerage side, it's, it's, it's always interesting to me, but uh, I, I do think that, you know, technology, to your Adrian, to your point, it's not going away. All the stuff, the investments we're making, uh, are not going away. And I think you just have to figure out, you know, what's important to your organization, what's important to, to your customers. Meaning, you know, again, as I lead started this, we do a lot in the cold food space. Our needs might be very different from somebody who hauls nothing but auto parts for GM. You know, it, it might be just different, but I think you, you've got to be looking at what your customers are doing because, uh, it's important to have that sticky relationship with them and, and build that stuff out. So it's not going away. And, and honestly, some of the scary stuff for me is, is that we've got a lot of well-funded uh, competitors in the industry that are dumping uh, a lot of money into technology. And, and I think we would all be foolish to think that somebody's not going to figure out sort of the secret science behind pricing and, you know, I think we, we assume, oh, well, pricing's just, there's so many variables and so many exceptions. You know, I, I think at some point there's going to be somebody that, you know, you might not be able to figure out every load, but you're going to get pretty close on a majority of them. So I, again, you just got to be willing to invest in it, adapt, grow, learn from it, listen, you know, I could go on all day about it, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, if, if you're not investing, you're going to fall behind. There's no, no doubt in my mind whatsoever. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I agree. I mean, the bottom line is uh, if, if you can't remain complacent uh, because, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of things that are changing on, on the customer front, a lot of things that are changing on the carrier front and, and, and what their needs and requirements are. And there's a lot of changing in the competitive front as well. So, yep. you know, trying to stay ahead of the curve and, and keeping a pulse on all those fronts is, is, is critical. Prasad, your, your thoughts. I mean, obviously you work with a variety of, of companies in this industry. I mean, what, uh, is the formula for success changing and, uh, you know, what's going to separate the leaders from the laggards? I think um, all good points that Jeff mentioned earlier, and you made a lot of good points. In my view, I think the keywords to to success here are defragment, consolidate, um, continuous innovation, um, scalability, and the fifth one is relationships. And I'll go one one after other on that. So defragmentation is, you know, we have to constantly defragment the carrier base, defragment the technologies that we use, unify them, right? I mean, there's no point in just adding too many technologies to send a carrier from one point to another point because you're going to definitely lose that carrier, right? If, if you do that and you're going to make them inefficient um, and frustrated. Um, likewise, you know, Jeff's team, I, I'm, I'm, I really like the way they are doing a lot of defragmentation on their own internal side to to the shipper side right obviously trucker tools plays between the broker and carrier so we i you know i see it from that side but there's more to defragment um defragmentation also helps because the one of the biggest problems that carry the brokers typically have seen is that one load wonders basically losing a carrier after a load by doing this you're actually keeping that carrier in in house that's where I go with my second keyword, consolidate, right? You have to consolidate the relationships that you have already built. Keep those carriers in. And the more you start consolidating, the more you're gaining ground on your competition. And um, the third one is scalability. I mean, this is how fast can you scale your business? Um, the more loads, um, imagine you are moving 12,000 loads a month today. Um, that's a market that no one has. You are basically occupying a space when you're in the market. So the more we scale, the better it is. Um, you know, the brokers should always think about, uh, you know, doubling, tripling their, their volume, but also the margins, obviously, or keep the margins good, right? Um, the fourth one I believe in is, is the, the relationship side of it. Because I think we underestimate um, the value of relationships in this space, especially, you know, it's a three-way relationship. There is no way we can consolidate or reduce it to two-way. It's you got brokers, you got carriers, you got technology vendors. All of us have to play our role. No one can say a technology vendor cannot walk in and say, we know the broker carrier space better. There is no way we can do that. Similarly, the relationship between a broker and a carrier has to stay between them. I mean, a carrier cannot say, well, the technology vendor is lining up with the broker. Uh, you can think about all of all this. What we have done at Trucker Tools is we've made leaders, our broker customers, our carriers, part of our roadmap for that reason. I mean, we are not afraid to tell that we don't know it. We want to listen to what you think we should put on our roadmap. It's interesting because what Jeff said earlier was they, they look at these milestones in their roadmap, right? We want, you know, as a technology vendor, 
we need to align with their uh, their milestones and that's literally what the the trick the secret sauce to this idea um, the last one is continuous innovation we do this day in day out um, there is not a one and done technology out there there is not a one and done strategy out there because we are constantly evolving i mean what was great you you mentioned at the beginning that you spoke to jeff a year ago and it felt like 10 you know 10 years that's how fast we are changing so if somebody is still talking about the best technology in 19 that's history now i mean I'll we need to you my access database <laughs> i still have it I want to see that. <laughs> you know, that's literally what it is, right? I mean, how fast can you innovate? How fast can you invest in technology? Because technology is changing. I mean, the things that we are talking today, our data sciences team and artificial intelligence team, they're able to take a, a particular address and automatically put a custom geofence on it based on the data that we already have. I mean, that is just unheard of. I mean, we were looking at and saying, uh, I mean, our matching, our digital freight, freight matching algorithm can look in a particular market and say, this particular carrier arrives Monday morning in Atlanta and every time he arrives in, in Atlanta, he stays open for four hours before he finds a load. It's been two hours since he started waiting. So we, we get two or more hours to find him a load. I mean, that level of intelligence, I mean, these are unheard of few years back and i mean if this is what the future is going to be i mean i, I want to see what's going to happen in 21 22 23 right um but that's what we need to be looking at i i think there is um you know life is an amazing thing especially i know we've gone through a lot in 2020 but the future is always going to be brighter and brighter um i'm i'm excited to be to be in this time i mean to be honest with you give, although given the real pandemic people losing life but i think what's on the other side of this pandemic is what excites me yeah no, a lot of a lot of great points there and 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 i think you're right i mean i think that um uh, you know, certainly there is a lot of negative to the pandemic, particularly on the health side and the economy and businesses that have shut down and so forth. But I think it is indeed serving as a catalyst for innovation and improvement. And I think when we do turn the corner on this, uh, I think everyone's, uh, you know, I, I think we'll be in a, uh, you know, uh, a much stronger, you know, environment, you know, coming out of this. And I guess, you know, the, 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 the topic today was, you know, why freight brokers must stay the course on digital transformation. I think both of you, through your stories and, you know, the examples you gave kind of uh, show why, you know, uh, those companies that pause the hit the pause button are probably not going to either survive or they're going to be a laggard, you know, when we turn the corner there. But those that continue to invest in the future, continue investing in scale, continue investing in relationships and, and innovation are going to emerge uh, stronger from this. Um, so again, uh, Jeff, uh, Prasad, um, thank you both of you uh, again for making the time to be with us today and, and sharing your insights and advice on this topic. Thank you so much. It was uh, glad to be a guest and, uh, you know, sorry if I've aged a few since the last time uh, I was on, but uh, sort of a different year this year, but, but appreciate the perspective of both you and Prasad and, you know, th th this business is just continuing to evolve and, and, and as Prasad mentioned, it, just that, that's what makes it fun. If it was, if we were still doing it on the ledger sheets or something, it probably wouldn't be as much fun. So uh, yeah, a uh, lot of room for growth.
Great. Well, thank you. And, and thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Trucker Tools website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Jeff or Prasad, post it there and they'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.